I looked up some famous last words this week. Famous people who died and read the things that they said. There's an interesting book out there that you can get if you're interested called um, Last Words of Saints and Sinners. Um, has a whole bunch of these last words. Here's the last words of Winston Churchill before he died. Oh, I'm so bored with it all. That's what he said. Bob Hope. Many of you remember Bob Hope. His wife asked Bob, laying there in, on his deathbed, where would you like to be buried? And Bob, in his classic style, responded by saying, surprise me. <laughs> Those are his last recorded words. Charles Darwin said, I am not the least afraid to die. Very different worldview. Leonardo da Vinci, the great artist, was quoted as modestly saying, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Did those great pieces of art and said, I didn't do as good as I should have. Interesting last words. Derek Jarman was also an artist. He was a writer and filmmaker. His last words were these, I want the world to be filled with fluffy white duckies. And then he died. I don't know, there may have been some time there, but that's, that's what I have here. Steve Jobs, the creator of the iPhone, all things Apple. His last words were, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. I don't know what he meant by that, but those were his last words. Today we read the last words of David. Probably not the last words that he ever spoke, but at least the last words that he penned. Turn in your Bibles quickly with me to 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 1. The last artistic um, poetry, the last song, almost as it were, of David. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1. These are the last words of David, the oracle of David, son of Jesse. Him saying the oracle means that he knows he is writing prophetically here. He is writing uh, with some prophetic authority. He describes himself in four different ways, but notice the way he describes himself. Number one, the oracle of David, son of Jesse. He describes his father, his lineage. The oracle of the man, most ex uh, the man exalted by the Most High. He's saying, God put me here. God's the one that brought me into this high position. The man anointed, number three, by the God of Jacob. Again, pointing back to God. God's anointing. God's spirit had been with David throughout his life. And then finally, he called himself Israel's singer of songs or Israel's sweet singer, sweet psalmist, depending on what your translation reads. There are some options there. It's interesting, as he thought back on his life, he described himself in those ways, pointing back to God, being the one 
putting him there. Instead of saying king over Israel, he said, I like to sing songs for Israel. I was a singer of these songs. Verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. David recognized, apparently, at least in certain times, that God was speaking through him. God was writing through him. Probably he didn't realize to just what extent some of the prophecies that came from his pen would have, but he knew there were times God worked through him. Verse 3, the God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, equating God with the rock, reminding us of the story when God came down and, and Paul identifies that rock that gave them water and so forth as Jesus, uh, going with them through the wilderness. That's the God that spoke through him. And he said these words. And then he describes the characteristics of a good leader. Second half of verse 3. When one rules over men in righteousness, he rules in the fear of God. Two things there. Being a righteous ruler and fearing God. Doing what is just and fearing God. Those are two good qualities for anybody. Fearing God and doing what's right. Then there's the result in verse 4. What's it like when you rule God, with God, justly, righteously, fearing God? David says in verse 4, he's like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning. Or like the brightness after rain that brings grass to the earth. It's like waking up and you see the sunrise and your heart is filled with hope. Or after the rain comes, after the storms pass, you realize that it's going to make the grass green. It's going to make the things grow. A leader who's with God, a person who's with God, should help give people hope in their lives in the future. They should be one that fosters growth, new possibilities. And then we get to my favorite part of David's last words. He says in verse 5, at least in the NIV, he says, Is not my house right with God? Other translations say it a little bit differently. It's a little bit awkward because there's a negation in there. But basically, he's, he's painting a picture of a good leader and then saying, basically, isn't my house like this? Is it not so that my house has been like this? The basic idea is, isn't my house right with God? At the end of his life, he could look back, realizing he'd made a lot of mistakes, but the most important thing, he realized that his house was right with God because his life was right with God. Many kings did not end this way, but David's life ended right. And because he knew he was right with God, he says, has he not made with me an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured every part? He knew that the, God's promise to him, him extended beyond his life. There was something more. He realized not only was his son Solomon going to, to rule, but God was fulfilling his promises. He says, will he, he not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me every desire? David looked beyond the grave 
He looked towards the salvation, the greater salvation that God offered him because his house, his life, was right with God. And then as he closes these words, verse 6 and 7, he contrasts living right with living wrong. Notice his poetic description of what it's like to live wrong. He says, But evil men are to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hand. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or the shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. A contrast in these last words. Do you want to live right? Live in the fear of God? Live justly? Have your house, your life right with God? Or do you want to be like the wicked person who's just like a thorn bush that you don't even want to touch with your hands because they hurt you? You use a tool instead, and in the end, the thorns get burnt up. We remember the sad story of Saul, the first king of Israel, whose life ended up more like the thorn bush, trying to hurt David time and time again, trying to kill David time and time again. And in the end, we have little to no hope that Saul will rise in the resurrection of the just. But here David says, me, I'm at peace with God. And that's it. The question I ask in this expository devotional this morning is, is your house right with God? Is your life right with God? We don't know when our end will come. We don't know what will happen in the future. But all of you, I can tell, are all alive right now. So is your life right with God? You know, communion is an awesome opportunity to renew your commitment to your life being right with God. You can do it any time. You can pray in your heart, asking God to, to forgive and cleanse you. But four times a year, we do this special physical reminder of God's desire to be right with us and our desire to be right with Him and also, as Denise shared, right with one another. So in a moment, I'll dismiss you, those of you who wish to partake in the foot washing ceremony. For those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's something Jesus did. He washed the feet of His disciples shortly before His death. And then He said, do this in remembrance of Me. And we tend to shy away from it because it's awkward. We don't like to do it. That's kind of the point Jesus was making when he did it. Otherwise, his disciples would have done it instead of him. But Jesus said, humble yourself. Submit yourself one to another. Do this in remembrance of me. As we do it, it's a reminder of our baptism if you've been baptized, or it's a it's a reminder of your baptism, which hopefully will be soon. Or if you just wish to stay here in the sanctuary, that's fine too.